You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, this is part two of our grandparent series where we get real with some grandmas and great grandmas <laughs> and talk about their lives, their approach to parenting and grandparenting, and just try to get some wisdom from these amazing women who have lived some life. But first, let's start with some grandma jokes. <laughs> awesome. So why did grandma put wheels on her rocking chair? I don't know. Why did she? She wanted to rock and roll. Oh, I need to add some wheels to my rocking chair. Hey, Bonnie, why do grandmas smile all the time? Why? Because we can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> That's true. Why am I not laughing? True story. <laughs> this is my mom, by the way. Spoiler alert. Um, and then the last one, what happened when grandma insisted um, to everyone that the Titanic would sink? Um, what happened? She got kicked out of the movie theater. Yeah. She's not that old. <laughs> but seriously, we're so excited for our conversation today. This episode is airing actually the day after Grandparents Day here in the United States, which I recently learned is celebrated on the first Sunday after Labor Day. Yeah. And it's not just in the United States, right? Right. There's it's, a lot of other places. Oh my goodness. You have a list of probably 30 other countries here. Australia, Bangladesh, Brazil, Canada, Estonia, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Netherlands, Philippines. A lot of these places. Actually, we have listeners in these places. Yeah. So shout out to all of you. Yeah. In Singapore, Russia, Poland, Portugal, Spain, Taiwan, and the UK. Yeah. And don't forget the island of Malta. They all celebrate Grandparents Days on different days as well. So Grandparents Day might be even more special or at least more needed and appreciated these days, Bonnie, because in today's society, as we talked in our first episode, more and more grandparents are providing care for their grandchildren. Yes, and it is increasingly common for grandparents to be the primary caregiver, especially when both parents are working. Yeah. And, you know, they give you that much needed respite so parents can take a night out together or maybe a weekend away. Yes. And as we mentioned before, grandma and grandpa's house is the perfect place to start showing children that they're loved, safe and secure in other homes. Kids need to see how other families work, how other relationships succeed and how other homes can be safe and loving too. Right. Well, today we have Miss Nancy Webb, who happens to also be my mom, your mom, and my with kid's us. grandma, and my granddaughter's great grandmother. Right. Okay. You know, mom, this is weird, but um, I just realized this week as we were planning this episode that like we're both grandmas. That is weird. <laughs> it's weird that I am a great grandmother. My mother did not get get to be a great grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because. Like Emma was like, yeah, mom, hello, <laughs> you're both grandmothers, but I don't know. You still think of your mom as your mom. Right. Or once your kids have been there, she's grandma. Yeah. Or Nana. Nana. Or whatever the name. Right. 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 So that's our first question for these grandmas we're interviewing. What is you and dad's names and how did you get them? Well, I am Nana and Papa is Papa. <laughs> uh, I gave a lot of thought. I was so excited when I was going to be a grandmother, and I read through all the lists of names, and I think I finally settled on Grammy. But when Emma was born, she 
called me Nana, I think because it sounds close to Nancy. I'm just guessing. Mm. And so Nana it was. And Papa just kind of goes with Nana. (laughs) I love that. I remember that. I remember her starting to say Nana and you were like, you just flipped. You're like, yep, that's great. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> We're going with it. That's right. <laughs> no problems. Well, let's tell, tell, will you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, just your, a biography, who you are, what you've done. You've lived a lot of life. How many kids you have? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I've been married to my husband, the love of my life, my best friend for 56 years. I know that sounds like a really long time. <laughs> that's because it is. And, um, <laughs> Every day we thank God for that. And we have three children grown and nine grandchildren and two great-grandchildren, one not yet born but soon. And um, two of those grandchildren are married. Five are out of college. Three are from ages 5 to 11. You, yeah, you, um, well, and you and Dad started a business together. Mention that. We did. We started a business together out of our garage. I remember that well. It was like a wonderland with all the juice and candy bars and and everything (laughs) out there. It was. And the office was our bedroom, which was, um, that was really hard, raising small children and taking care of all the bookkeeping. Yeah. um, Yeah. Tell the story about... um, when my brother, my youngest brother, John, he's eight years younger than me, about, um, was little. Tell him how, how you managed working and having a baby. Yes, that, that really was um, a challenge. Uh, when John was a baby, I would have, he would be in the, in the crib and I would do the books or I would stay up late and do the books. And when we moved out of the house and graduated to renting a space, then I would take a playpen, and I would work with him in the playpen because I was determined that no one else was going to raise my children, that even if I had to bring them with me, they weren't going into daycare. That's just my personal decision. That's why we have you here. We want to hear those things. Yeah, so like and how you made it work. I, you know, as the kid, the oldest kid, I didn't know all that. I didn't know you were... You and Dad were like making those kinds of decisions, and that you, that you were had John in a playpen at work. I had no idea until we started <laughs> talking about it. I was at school, first grade or second grade ish, right. and right. having the having the stuff in the master bedroom, like the typewriter and the calculator, the adding machine. I just thought that was normal. Everybody's, Everybody's parents <laughs> have an adding machine in the bedroom, and all this a, business stuff, and the, that yeah. re- recording machine to take messages. And our our home phone was Webs coffee service (laughs) it was and that's how old we are because that was a brand new device yeah having someone answer the phone and I remember when we got our first little apple computer and how we had to take classes to learn how to use it yeah yeah and as a kid you just you know we we say this all the time that's just your normal right however your family flows Mm -hmm. along that's just your normal and that's now that I've been a mom and now a grandmother I'm thinking Oh my goodness, that was probably so hard. <laughs> exhaustingly hard. No idea. All the juggling. It was really exhaustingly hard, but at the same time, it was just wonderful to be working together mm-hmm. and feel like you were building something together through those years. Mm-hmm. And you, you told me that you and dad always prayed that 
that the business would succeed. And again, we don't, as kids, you don't know all those behind the scene prayers that are going on. You don't want the kid to feel all this pressure that you're feeling. You want them to feel safe. I remember asking you once if you knew how tight money was with us and you were like, well, no, no, (laughs) no. I mean, I knew there were limits. Like there was no asking you for the brand name, fill in the blank. I remember you saying you were having none of that nonsense. (laughs) We're not paying extra money for the brand name shoes. No Jordash. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. And of course I was like, Oh, all the cool kids have it. But now I'm like, I appreciate it. Yeah. It was, and no Barbies, right? Oh, no Barbies. (laughs) Which I attribute to my good body image that I carry with uh, me for the rest <laughs> of my life. I could only have, I had Skipper. You had a Skipper. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. That's funny. But no unrealistic Barbies. Flat-chested no. Skipper. That was prophetic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mama knows. Oh, Mama knows. So funny. Go. So funny. Well, can I ask you, this, this is the question you're not supposed to ask, but can I ask how old you are? I am 79. I'll be 80 in February. And how old were you when you became a grandmother first? Oh, my. Let's count backwards. Emma's 20, about to be 26. So 50 something, same as you. Yeah, about about my age. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. maybe a couple years older than I was. Yeah. Um, Because we made you wait longer. We were married five years before we had Emma. And Emma was like, give me a baby pronto. (laughs) (laughs) She wanted to be a mom. That was her, that was what she was for kindergarten career day was a mom. And besides being a mom, being a grandmother is just the best. It really is. You get all the perks without any of the <laughs> concerns. Yeah, without it's really true. You you get all the perks and really almost none of the hard work. You know, the only times they stay overnight and you're like, Whoa, what did this every night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Right. Good on me. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually hard. Well, I wanna know what kind of relationship you had with your own grandparents. That's not something we've talked about as much. Um you and I. Okay, well, I'll start with my mother's uh, parents. My grandmother, Granny, lived with us, and I just thought that was normal. She she always lived with us, and I remember um, my dad saying um, how easy it was to have her living there. And I thought nothing about it until I was an adult and I realized, oh my goodness, having your mother-in-law live with you, that was a huge thing mm-hmm. for my dad mm-hmm. to take on. But um, I never knew my grandfather in that relationship because he deserted my grandmother at an early age. And um, that was so painful for my mother that she never talked about it. So I never knew anything about him. Yeah, we uh, we had one of those like weird, wacky family moments recently where somebody showed up on Aunt Pat's doorstep. I can't remember. They It was the child. He deserted them and moved to Florida and just started another family. Started a whole other family. But like didn't divorce her. Like just left. Wow. As far as we know. Yeah. And so my granny raised three children by herself. And um, yeah. That was that grandparent. And this would have been back. So my memories of her, I just, I loved my grandmother. She Mm -hmm. was, I was very close to her. Um, She was a great seamstress. She made all my clothes and um, she always washed the dishes. That was her her contribution at night. And I know being a little snarky girl, as I was drying the dishes, I would like to say, oh, you missed something, granny. And she did not find that amusing, and she said, any dryer 
worth her salt would get what the washer missed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love I like that. this woman. I know. <laughs> well, she had to be spunky because you think, like, yeah. now being a single mom is kind of ubiquitous in our country. But back then, well, was that say, was a what, huge scandal. What, what time period are we talking about? Yeah, when 50s, she... 50s, 40s? No, no. Oh, no. Um, well, my mother was born in 14... So maybe the 20s, wow. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the 20s. And, and I think grandmother told me or you told me that um, people in town would ask her how her husband was to rub it in. At her work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I only remember one conversation with her about mm-hmm. it. And she told me that. Yeah. Because it, it was, how such, a, it was. such a scandal. And they were, yeah, they were wow. mean yeah. about it. So you're, she lived with you, and so what about the other side? So my dad's parents lived in Lebanon, which um, before we had the nice road we have now, that probably took us 45 minutes to an hour to get to their house. They lived out in the country on a farm, um, which is now where the Christian what? school in Lebanon. Oh, Friendship Christian? Where Friendship Christian Yes, was on that property. They didn't own the property, okay. but that's where they that's where they farmed across the street from Dr. Sam McFarlane, which everyone in Lebanon would know Dr. Sam McFarlane. So my grandmother was a McFarlane before she married my granddaddy. So on Sundays, frequently we would drive there and we would spend the day there, and it was it was just what you could, would imagine for that period of time we would they would have chairs out in the yard and the adults would sit and talk and the kids would be running up and down the fields and playing there was no television no no phones yeah it was just um it was just a sweet time of spending time with family so um that's the memories I have of those grandparents that's so cool Bring it back. I know. Yeah, Bring well, back Sunday afternoons in the backyard. That's awesome. I remember some time in Pennsylvania when we would do that, too. It was really fun. Yeah. Well, so how do you think, I mean, you've kind of painted a little bit of a picture there. How do you think grandparenting, or parenting, really, for that matter, has changed since you were a child? You've seen several decades now pass. Well, as Renee referred to in the introduction, many grandparents now are raising, virtually raising their grandchildren out of necessity, because so many women are having to work. And honestly, as you age, you have less energy and less strength. And I say kudos to those grandparents that can do that, because that is really hard work. Mm -hmm. But a blessing to the children to be with their grandparents, Mm -hmm. if that's possible, instead of to be in a daycare center. Yeah, I always uh, said that um, I never, like, we would have the best date nights when they were with my parents because you just knew they were loved and safe and more than any babysitter, mm-hmm. which, you know, Ashley Whitaker, you were an awesome babysitter. I wasn't worried about you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's just a thing. Right. There's just a tie there, a spiritual family generational tie right? that you just know. Do you think it's always been like grandparents? spoiling the grandkids kind of thing. I, I have my own memories of my grandparents, both sets. I was trying to think before this interview, I cannot remember a single gift that my grandparents gave me. Really? I don't think it was as, uh, and now one set of them was not well off. 
and we there's a lot of us, so you can just mm-hmm. you know lavish things. Mm-hmm. But um, they may have sent something at Christmas time, but it wasn't. We just didn't have that relationship, kind of like I hear you describing, like even on a geography, visit, we like a visit, away. like where you, like would y'all make cookies or would she like give you extra dessert? I remember or? she had gum in her purse. My one grandmother had gum that I would always yeah, she so would always give go. me stuff like that. But it wasn't this, you know long list of Amazon things mm-hmm. that you could just expect. We just didn't do that. Well, my grandparents didn't either. Now, I hadn't really thought of it till you brought it up, but I don't remember ever getting a gift from like my dad's parents. And I don't really remember from Granny, although Granny was always there doing mm-hmm. things. And so honestly, Bonnie, I think we got the best gifts. Oh, the gifts we got were far better than mm-hmm. the Amazon mm-hmm. gift mm-hmm. list gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got them. You got time and space. We got them right. with them, and yeah, their perspective on life. Like the dryer is supposed to get the dirt off the dishes. Right. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I do remember that story. You told me that as we were drying dishes when I was a kid, and I always remembered that you're just supposed to yeah scrape that egg off with a dish towel. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> finish it up. <laughs> and I thought my granny was fearless. I can remember her like wringing a chicken out in the yard, wringing the neck, wringing chick- the neck off. And and I can remember she lived up in an upstairs bedroom. We had an old two story house, and I remember going upstairs one day, and there was a dead mouse in a, a trap on the banister that she was waiting to take down. And <laughs> I mean. I've always just hated mice, and I walked up, and I was face-to-face with that mouse. (laughs) Granny's just fearless. She was raised in the country. That (laughs) That little mouse. Mice Mice were nothing. (laughs) They were no challenge to Granny. Oh, I I have memories that I think just because I looked at pictures. I was really little when she died. I mean, how old was I, two or three? You were little. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, and I had doll clothes that she had made. And um, too bad I didn't really like playing with dolls. That should have given me a hint that motherhood would be extra hard. Yes. But um, she would th- just sit with you. Yes. Which that, is a great, is, is that not the greatest gift? It's yeah. It's a gift of yeah. your time. That's your the picture. Your most precious gift. That's the picture of me sitting in her lap. Yeah. And because probably because you didn't have the energy to do anything else. We were talking about this, how you, they match, uh, you can match the pace of life, a, a, ch- a little child and an older person, because mm-hmm. you're just not in a hurry. Right. And what would you hurry for? Yeah. Yeah. You got all the time in the world, yeah. right? There's nothing else on yeah. your agenda. You don't have anything to do. I, uh, now that you mentioned the doll thing, though, I do remember it. it was my great grandmother who I was named after um, that shipped me a doll that she'd made. It was life sized at the time for me because mm-hmm. I was probably six, I guess. And there was my Aunt Bonnie and then me and um, my grandmother, Bonnie. And this doll was also named Bonnie and she had written a poem that went with it and it had all these clothes and all this. I mean, she sewed oh, every, every wow. bit of it. It was very, yeah. And she was a writer was too. If she wrote a poem. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's really that's cool. the one thing I remember. Love that. So when I said, I don't remember an actual gift from my granny, she made like a whole wardrobe of clothes for my, it was a Tony doll those of you that are old will remember those they were wooden (laughs) dolls but the gift came from quote santa but actually granny had handmade all those all of those clothes wow that's neat i wish you still had those i do 
Have some? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so this, I'm talking like wow. intricate. Rick rack, pleats, wow. chiffon. Let's see where Emma gets it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, she does. And yeah. it skipped a couple of generations. It did. <laughs> Looking at us. That's all right. <laughs> we all have our gifts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, what are some favorite things that you've done with your own grandkids? Because you kind of really had two sets. You had some that were born when you were in your 50s and then some that were born in your upper 60s, early 70s. So you kind of got to do it twice. Right. Well, I always just enjoyed spending time. I'll start with now. Um with my younger dra- grandchildren, I have three little grandsons right now. They're five, eight, and 11. And they come to the house and we just play. They play out in the yard. Um, one of their favorite things is making tents. So we get every quilt that's not <laughs> tucked onto a bed and pillows and weights. And they take the entire playroom and make a tent. And they do it almost every time they come over, and no two are alike. And I used to crawl under there with them, but that's getting <laughs> increasingly more difficult to do. But um, it's just a fun tradition. It's become a tradition because mm-hmm. they do it repeatedly. And the other thing that we do is make cookies, sugar cookies that you roll out and cut in shapes and decorate. And uh, it's really messy and really fun. And they want to do it every time. And I just hope um, that when they're grown, they will have that as a happy memory tucked away of coming to Nana's house. Oh, no doubt. I'm they sure will. they will. No doubt. I mean, I've seen the, the end result of those cookies. It is unlimited access to sprinkles and icing. <laughs> it is. And we just have at it. And then I s- sweep it all up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which, okay, which, was that, would that be different than your perspective as a mom? I know mine, I was like, oh. Oh, I was, up. I would have been, you know, I'm afraid that, you know, not make as much a mess and mm-hmm. don't put too many, too much sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I figured their mom makes the meat healthy. And so we just, we just <laughs> heap it on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's now, uh, I had different traditions, like with your kids, Mm -hmm. part of the time you lived away, Mm -hmm. and it was a blessing that you were homeschooling, because you would bring them and leave them for a week at the house, Mm -hmm. and we would homeschool, Mm -hmm. and then we would play, just Mm -hmm. play. We we didn't really go out and Mm -hmm. do things that much. We would go to the the Children's Museum. Yeah, Discovery Center. Discovery Center. We would do that. But mostly we just played. Yeah. I mean, and you make cookies with them. They, I make cookies with, with them. Yep. And then they, when we moved back and they were just a little bit older, they would spend the night, one night a week. One night a week. And that was a really great blessing. I remember Papa saying, well, you know, they're going to want to stop coming over here when they get older. And I said, no, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a time at which that stage of life yes, does end. It does. Um, which was a question I had, like, how do you transition to the, the preteen years with grandchildren? And you did. You, you you transitioned to the preteen years. You were still doing that. And then sometime in the teen years, we stopped doing that. It's not forts and cookies it's anymore. It's not forts well, and cookies. No, it's, um, well, like now, for instance, Emma's grown and she's a mom. And so 
I like to go shopping. Mm -hmm. I'm not much of a shopper, but it's fun for me to just tag along with Emma and with you um, to shop. And um, I text. Yeah, you you learn to text, which is good. Your your text um, emojis and stuff. We maybe can expand your repertoire <laughs> on that. We'll we'll help you with that a little bit um, to show emotion. Because <laughs> I know you have lots of emotion, but it doesn't really come through on the text. It's very straightforward. Um, and we do love to shop. We do yard sales, um, which we did when they were younger. And we, we do that together with Dottie Lou and Emma and you and me. Yes. And I would I never go by myself because it's not about the yard sale. Mm-hmm. It's about being together. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have the You don't yeah. care about the yard sale. It's really about just hanging out. So yeah. were you guys, you and Bob, the grandparents that were at all the dance recitals and all the piano recitals and all the oh, yeah. sports games? Ball games. Yeah. 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 We did that. And you still do it with my John's young, like young ones. You'll go to their. Some. There's some of their things. Not as much, but yeah. some. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you always wanted to go. And I was just like, oh, these dance recitals until, I mean, any recital till they get older. Yeah. That's just a labor of love right there. All the graduations and, and the yeah. weddings and things like that. It's yeah. important for the, I know from the grandchild's perspective to have the grandparents there is really, it's really neat. I, mm-hmm. By the time I got married, I, I had only one grandmother left and she was, yeah, she was there at the wedding. It was important for mm-hmm. her to be there. Mm-hmm. So are there things that you share with your grandchildren that their parents maybe do not, um, that were particularly from your generation? I'm thinking like, um, I don't know, canning or certain wisdom that comes from your generation of parents that maybe today's do not. Um, or are you just kind of like whatever I, no. they're interested in? Yeah, I don't, I can't think of I anything. I can't think of anything either. Like you do can unfreeze things. I, yeah, I do. And rarely, I, but I have. I remember it was really shortly before grandmother died. And I don't know if she knew she was dying because it was really right before she died. My grandmother, your mom. She was like, I want you to come over and I'm going to show you how to can jelly. And I remember standing in her kitchen and she, she did it with the, you pour the hot paraffin on top, mm-hmm. which yes. a lot of people don't do anymore, which is so, it was like mm-hmm. so satisfying to see that harden, harden up. And then you press your finger into it and it pops out when you're ready. But, um, she showed me how to can, she showed me when I would hang out with her, how to, um, like if I was just, I mean, that we did what you're describing. We didn't do stuff. I just hung out. So if she was frying chicken, I'm standing in there while she's frying chicken mm-hmm. and learning how to bread a chicken and fry it. If she's washing dishes. That's what we did. Her ice crusher. Remember that hand crank ice crusher? Every kid that's ever been in that house loved that ice crusher. It was <laughs> mounted on the wall. It was aluminum mounted on the wall with these scary teeth in it and you drop the cubes of ice in and yeah, you could crush your... I love that. We loved what it. What kid would not love who, that? Who wants crushed ice from the fridge? Yeah. We can get it from there. That was fun. She would hide, um, uh, air quotes, hide Snickers bars in the exact same spot in the kitchen cabinet. Every time we we're like, hey, grandmother, we found the Snickers bars. How did you find those? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I remember you guys coming home and right before dinner, you had had candy and I said, Mom, what do you mean letting the kids have candy right before dinner? And she looked at me and she she said, well, they wanted it. And I'm like, 
who has taken my mother away and replaced her with this person? So grandmothers are a whole different breed. Yeah, yeah. Like we knew where her Russell Stover's personal stash was in her dresser beside her bed. She kept it hidden. Yeah. Quote. Quote, hidden. Mm-hmm. And the, the six ounce glass bottles of Coke were on the top ledge of the basement stairs to keep them cool, but not refrigerated. We knew where those were. Yeah. We got those. Yeah. Like, I remember the one time she told me no for that. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what has possessed you? I'm sorry. <laughs> the Did Lord you rebuke you. Get no. out of here. Spirit of <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. So we never know what little thing mm-hmm. they're going to remember. Mm-hmm. Because you think about what you remember may be something they never would have dreamed you would have remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was so out of character. Like, we just, it was so fun over there. And really, we didn't take advantage of her. You know, we, it was just so much freedom. It was just a different place mm-hmm. to land. Like, we kind of described in the beginning, yeah. opening of the episode. Okay, I, this is a great question Bonnie came up with. And I don't think you had it ahead of time, Mom. So sorry. But how have you handled the different methods of parenting that your own children have chosen that are different from the way you did it? I've thought about this a lot myself. And just even when I was raising my own kids, I thought, this is your chance, Renee. You're going to do it to the best of your ability. And then you're going to have to keep your mouth shut when your own kids grow up and do it differently, even if you don't think it's the best until they ask your until they ask your opinion, you keep it to yourself. That was what I was thinking. That's one of the things um, when your kids get married in all areas is that you have to learn. um, Pray to the Lord to help you to keep your mouth shut because um, this is their household and you need to respect how they do things. Yeah. Even, Even if... You don't, David and I have talked about this. We know our parents, you, you and dad and his parents did not love every decision we made, but we didn't really feel the disdain either. Like looking back, we're like, yeah, I wonder what they thought about that. Mm. I bet they didn't think that was a very good idea. It probably wasn't a very right. good idea. Some radical stuff. Like you homeschooled. That yeah. was a pretty radical and different choice yeah. than sending that, your kids to a Christian school or a public school, whatever. That's a yeah. Pretty- what, okay. True confessions. Tell me what y'all thought about that when we said that. About homeschooling? Yeah. Actually, my only uh, concern was with you because you always have been such a perfectionist that everything had to be just right. Like if you got um, one little mark off a paper, it was a catastrophe. So I was concerned um, about the stress level of your doing it. I wasn't concerned about the decision of choosing homeschooling, but actually... uh, Oh my goodness, I admire you so much. You just flourished in that and did a great job. Yeah, and I got broke of that perfectionism. You weren't wrong. <laughs> that was that was actually there for sure, for sure. Children are not a project to be completed and get a grade on. Yes. They're, they're human beings mm-hmm. and, and must be treated as such. And so, yeah, I got broke of that. But you're right. That's all I remember you saying, too. I just wondered if there was more behind the scenes. No, <laughs> no. But it was pretty, like, it's, everybody does it now. After the, after COVID, everybody's homeschooling. There's a billion Instagram accounts about homeschooling. And I'm like, yeah, but I remember when we decided it was, it was fairly It was more radical then. Yeah. It was odd. It was different. But here's the thing. Everybody, your children are your big, God gave you these children to raise them to be Christ followers. And that's, you make your decisions based on what's best 
for them. So whether your decision is public school or Christian school or home school, um, you just pray about it and you make your best mm-hmm. your best choice. Yeah, I just said, Jesus, you're going to have to come down in my kitchen and mm-hmm. show me a different way. Because for a while, I was like, year to year, we're just going to pray about it year to year. I'm like, why am I praying about this year to year? It was so clear to start. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to make it super clear if we need to change, which, like, you know, I had friends that did, you know, did different things. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, David's parents, too, they didn't say a ton. I'm sure they were kind of holding their breath there in the beginning. <laughs> there was a stereotype quote of homeschoolers, which is unfortunate yeah. and is not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it comes from the ones who, like, just completely, utterly fail and then send them back into public or private school, and that's who the teachers see. And they think, oh, yeah, this is what happens to everybody mm-hmm. who homeschools. And no, there's those of us who are out there just getting it done, flourishing, right. loving life. Yeah, I, I don't think I could have done it. I remember my pediatrician once saying um, that if his kids had been homeschooled, his children would learn how to shop. <laughs> so, Ooh, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody, but, it, you know, it's, it's a good choice for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, I'm catching up on the shopping thing. David would tell you that in these years. I mean, really, when they went to college, that was like kindergarten for me because I was like, oh, wait, they're away from me all day. What does that feel like? Yeah, it's a terrible, horrible feeling. Mm. And so it just came 12, 13 years later than most people's to got to adapt to it. But yeah, no, I loved it that y'all got on board. I could tell y'all got on board when you saw the fruit of it. And I loved that we could send them to you to homeschool. It was so fun. That was a great blessing. It was really fun to have them. And it wasn't just a week at a time. If you remember one time we tried four weeks, but they didn't quite make it. Yeah. They were, they got a little homesick. So we brought them back at like three, but it was a, it was fun stretches. Um, I remember, remember Emma saying, uh, Houston was wiggly and, and you were trying to teach him something. Read it's one to of my him. favorite stories. Yeah, tell that story. So yeah, we were we were homeschooling. We'd been at it for a little while. We were at the kitchen table, and Houston, he was working, but he was just kind of squirming and wiggling. Definitely. And Emma, being the little mother that she was born to be, looked at me and said, "Nana, you need to run him." And so we just stopped, and we did races up and down the hall for a little while, and then we sat back down and finished our work. I wish every teacher uh, in a classroom had the ability to do that with their boys. They I need to that. move. They need to move. <laughs> About every 30 minutes, they need to move. I mean, and he's a, he's the most well, focused, I, able to concentrate adult. He is. It's just children, especially young boys, need to move. Um, all right. What have you learned as a grandparent that you wish you knew as a young mom? That is, like, what would you tell your younger self from your vantage point as a grandmother or a great-grandmother? I know that you've all heard this. This is what all we older people say, but um, it's over in a flash. Mm. When you are in the throes of uh, staying up all night and not getting any sleep and changing diapers or you're battling all of the adolescent and preschool or high school issues and you think this is never going to end I will not get through it it does end Mm -hmm. and you you will get through it but um, you only have a short time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so just keep that in the forefront of your mind and your your main job yes you are to feed and clothe them and educate them but your main job is to lead them to Jesus, and you only have a little time to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Would you say that's what makes grandparenting sweeter? Is that perspective, that knowledge that this is a short? It is. It's thing. short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about that with Dottie Lou all the time, you know, and when she is doing something that's difficult to deal with, which is rare because you're an angel, Dottie Lou. You're a wonderful angel child. But I just think, oh, it's just a, oh, that, that behavior, that's just a flash. That'll, she's two. Before she's two. you turn around, she's going to be in high school. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just it, every, the perspective, you can, you can only have the perspective from this perspective. You can't have it when you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But you can have people around you reminding you, like, wow, everything is so temporary. Right. Don't get and all also, wrapped up in it. The other thing is, it's kind of scary that you have this huge responsibility. It is. Um, you're not the only one who felt that way. I felt that way. and But you're not alone. You do have people around you who have successfully raised children. They're alive and well. They've survived. <laughs> the children have survived. Um, surround yourself yes. with successful parents to help you in the walk. And the most important is just you've got to be in prayer all the time. Mm-hmm. That doesn't ever end. Mm-hmm. When they're grown when they have kids, when they're grandparents, you're still praying for them mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. yeah. So good. So much wisdom. Okay. So you mentioned your biggest, um, what you feel is your biggest responsibility um, as a parent is to pass on your faith. So what do you do specifically as a grandparent to continue that as part of your legacy? Well, hopefully you're living it out in a way that's obvious to them um, when, when I'm gifting, I often just slip in a, a book or a, something that helps along <coughs> the way, um, and talk conversations mm-hmm. about what's going on, especially right now in the culture. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know in every case, but you see, because culture is so different from the time you were a kid and the time our kids are kids. It's changed so much that there's um, a lot of disconnect, I think, sometimes between the generations. You know, oh, Grandma, you just don't understand. <laughs> Grandpa, you, you have no idea. Like, you can't even text, let alone understand what I could possibly be going through at high school. Um, but I don't know. I think there's some timeless truths and wisdom that can be imparted despite that generational change despite all the change there's still truth that um, holds true I don't care what time period you're in or what culture you're in it's true and even when it doesn't appear that that things are getting through that maybe your grandkids have gone off the rails and um, the story's not over Mm -hmm. and what what's been planted in there it's there Mm -hmm. and so um, you just keep covering them with prayer Mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's what's so cool is um, like at, uh, I guess it was Emma and Thomas's rehearsal uh, dinner, which was the size of a wedding. There's so <laughs> many guests. We were having a time of prayer at the end and I, it just dawned on me, like the number of people who had prayed for Emma and the p- people in Thomas's family who had prayed for Thomas all gathered there together. The hours, I just started trying to tally the hours of prayer over my children and it, I couldn't do it. I mean, it was it was years. Mm-hmm. It was like a, upward of a hundred years of prayer by the people who were, who were there. And 
it was humbling and so reassuring to know like, ah, yes, I'm doing my part, but like all these other people are pulling along with me Mm -hmm. and that's what grandparents can do. Yeah. Just add the, add to that train. Add to it. Add to that wagon. Yeah. That, that they've got you covered. They've got your backs. With, I think it's a completely, gosh, in my experience and my kids experience too, just to, um, completely unreserved, free, no strings attached kind of love that, you know, I don't have any responsibility really to my grandparents. I need to honor them and be respectful, obviously, but you know, I'm not trying to meet any kind of expectations or anything. It's just this unreserved love. It really that you is. can go and sit in. I love that. Yeah. If you can convey that to your grandkids, mm-hmm. you're, that's a win. Yeah. I remember when we had Emma early on, baby, she, we would walk into the house and y'all would just light up, Emma, and like just light up, light up, light up. And I'm like, we're here too. Right. <laughs> but that I am doing the exact same thing. Uh-huh. When Dottie Lou walks in, Dottie Lou, and like Emma's walking in behind her. <laughs> okay, so I, we can't stop this without me saying that you were not a baby person. I mean, you loved your babies, yeah. adored your babies, yeah. but I'm a baby person. I like everybody's babies. I love babies, <laughs> but not you. You never really even played baby dolls. Mm-hmm. And you said to me that before Dottie Lou was born, that you told Emma, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'll come over and I'll cook your meals and I'll clean up for you and you can just take care of the baby. Because I'm not a baby person. Because you're not a baby (laughs) person. And the minute Dottie Lou was born, it's like, oh my goodness, you were like, it was a total transformation. (laughs) You could not get your hands off Dottie Lou. You You want to be with Dottie Lou all the time. You're, oh, Emma, just drop her off and you go do this or that. And so there is... There's something about mm-hmm. being a grandmother. Yeah, I've I've pondered that because I'm always telling our listeners yeah. get curious about yourself. I think it was because it's not every day. I knew that it. I knew like, oh, this is just brief. I'm going to give her back. Mm-hmm. I'm not the the because the it yeah that did bring me down. That's that just daily infant care. That was so mm-hmm. hard. That we talk about dying to yourself. That was like death every day. <laughs> but but in the best ways because that's that's the gospel, right? You, right? you die to yourself and you realize, oh my goodness, all these selfish corners of my heart, I'm dying to those to live for somebody else, just like Christ did in a teeny tiny way. And so, yeah, I think that with Dottie Lou and Anna Blue, who's on the way, um, it will be the same. It's just something switches, hmm. something switches. Well. Yeah, or maybe my maybe my capacity for love has grown, Bonnie. Yeah, your heart is just softening. It up, just keeps tell. getting bigger. Was well, three bigger. sizes too small, and now it's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so fun, yeah, Mom. Love these uh, two and a half years into here, and we this is our first interview. I'm, I'm repenting right now. It's been that's been way too long. Yeah. this has been awesome. You have so much wisdom to share. I've admired you from afar in your mothering and your grandmothering. So. You're very kind. Yeah, she reminds <laughs> me of Granddad. You remind me of Granddaddy being interviewed. I'm like, wow, oh, you're so good. <laughs> so so good. Granddaddy was a great storyteller. Granddaddy was the best. The best. Mm-hmm. The, the best. best. <laughs> None better. Well, you can find all this wisdom on our website at justaskyourmom.com and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love for you to uh, follow us there and take five seconds to rate and review the podcast. It's the best way we grow is when you share with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. And keep sending us your topic suggestions. You can always send those to us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on 
Just Just ask your mom. mom.